just to sum up some of the things in the Gospel of John, that the Holy Spirit, He would teach us all things and remind us what Jesus said. That He would testify as the Spirit of truth, He would testify about Jesus. And we saw last week He would convict the world of sin because we do not believe in Jesus of righteousness. To be right with Him, we need Jesus we saw Jesus, of course, is right with the Father. And for us to be right with God, too, we, we go through Jesus. And the judgment, convict the world of judgment, the judgment of sin, the, the judgment of Satan that was all accomplished for us at the cross by Jesus. All these things, they point to Jesus. It's really what uh, kind of comes out. Today, what I want to talk about, though, uh, as we move on from, from that section is, is about truth. We saw it already in, in uh, chapter 15. He's called the Spirit of Truth. Today, he's also, it's repeated again that he's the Spirit of Truth. I think truth is a, a very important subject. Do you think uh, you remember uh, Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate? We'll get to that in chapter 18. And, and Pilate says, you are a king then. And Jesus answered, he said, you are right. In saying, I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. He said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And you all remember what Pontius Pilate's response was. What is truth? That's, that's a big question. What is truth? You know, I, I think... In our world today, truth is, is in short supply. You know, there's so many weird uh, philosophies, you know, this idea that truth is relative. And what that means is that truth depends on what we think or what we feel. That's what truth is. But the question is, is there is there any solid truth? Is there any absolute truth? Is there right and wrong? You know, it's this idea that what is right or wrong, it's relative to the situation. We, we, you've heard the situational ethics. And whatever a person feels or seems right to the person, that's what truth is at that particular time. The society we live in, you know, they talk about, and, and all this we could talk about for weeks and weeks about this, but this whole idea of post, postmodernism, you know, it's a society that, that regards all values, all beliefs, all lifestyles, all truth claims as equally valid. They're all true, except Christianity. You're going to find that more and more. This is the path that we've been on. If you kind of look at the trajectory of our society, you know, it started off and, and, and it really has, has uh, found uh, a home in all of our universities, especially the, the big name universities. And then, you know, this, this idea of, of relative uh, truth being relative and, and, and based on, you know, the human idea, what we think and feel. But I want to say to you today, and, and I think we, we see this in the scripture, that there are indeed absolute truth, truths and 
realities and standards. And, and I think that, that that's something we need to know. We need to understand. I mean, when you look around, you think about gravity. Gravity is true. Now, if I told you, well, I, you know, I don't, I just, I don't feel that it's true. I don't believe it. Does that change it? You know, two plus two. I mean, these are the ba- you know simple basic ideas. But two plus two equals. But if I believe it equals five, then it's valid because I feel that it's five. I believe that I am 35 years old. So because I believe it, because I really, really believe it, that makes it true, right? You see, it's absurd, absurd, absurdity of this whole concept. But, but yet we've bought into it hook, line, and sinker, and you see it active in our society today. It's, you know, where is it going to end? It's just like getting worse and worse and worse. Well, I feel like I'm this, so that means that I am. Even though the truth is something very different. I think truth uh, has to, you know, correspond to reality. It has to correspond to what is actually true. So we have this, you know, objective spiritual reality about God and His Word. And then we have the subjective spiritual reality, what, what you think or feel is true. And, and, and my question is, which of those can you build upon? Can you build your life upon? What you think or feel or, or, or the objective truth about who God is and His Word, what His Word declares. I read this quote, and I'll put it up on the screen. It says, The fact that absolute truth does exist points us to the truth that there is a sovereign God who created the heavens and the earth and who has revealed himself to us in order that we might know him personally through his Son, Jesus Christ. That is the absolute truth. This is where we need to focus because, again, if we look around at at the world and what's going on out there, you're not going to find truth. So Jesus, let's pick it up where we left off. We're going to look at at, uh, chapter 16, verse 12. What does it say there? He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. He said said the Spirit of truth. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit, of course, the Comforter. We know that. He says when He comes... He will guide you into all truth. But, but before that, he says, you know, I have a lot to say to you, much more than you can now bear. In other words, without the Holy Spirit, how much could they actually take in? In, in the gospel, it says that Jesus spoke in parables as much as they could understand. 
I like it when Paul says, uh, I don't know if I like it, but he says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. There's a sense of how much can we actually take in? But Jesus, in the context here, he's saying when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to help us. He's going to teach us. We saw that. He's going to help us understand. He's going to guide us into all truth because he is the spirit of truth. That's the thing about, you know, the Holy Spirit. He, he will guide us. This thing is not where I want to be. There he is. The spirit of truth, he will guide us. He will always tell us the truth. Again, we've been talking about how Jesus promised he wasn't going to leave us alone. He was going to give us the comforter, the, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, so that we would know the truth. He brings people to the truth of God. It's interesting when you think about truth now that, that all three persons of the Trinity are linked with truth. Here we see he's called the spirit of truth. And, and the Bible talks about God in Psalm 31 that he's the God of truth. And we, where is Jesus called the truth? Anybody? John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So all three persons of the Trinity are related to truth, that they are uh, the truth. He says here that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. One of the ways that he's done that, we have to kind of like put this together a little bit because we can, again, how do we know what the truth is? And, and we see that the Holy Spirit has given us this revelation, this revelation of God. Right? Jesus is speaking here to the apostles. He says, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will speak not uh, on his own. So he's going to bring the truth and he's speaking to his disciples, these apostles there. It's in the upper room. We know that. But what did Jesus say? We're going to see it in the next chapter, chapter 17. He says, sanctify them by what? By the truth. Your word is truth. You see, this is, this is so important for us as Christians, for us as believers, that, that where do we find the truth? It isn't just that I sit around and wait for the Holy Spirit to give me some new truth. Because He's already revealed it to us in the Scripture and the Word. That's why we hold on to this. That's why we, we know what the truth is. And this is where we also get into trouble with the world, because we say, well, this is what God's Word declares to be the truth. And they say, well, no, but we know the truth is like this and this and this, and it contradicts with that, so you are wrong and we will silence you. And what you're saying is wrong, and we're going to call it hate speech. In, in many countries of the world, that's the way it is. You go to Canada, and you have to be careful what you say in a church. Is it coming here? Yeah, it's coming. I've been telling you this, and it's, it's coming. Peter talked about the Scripture. He said, you know, that Scripture came. It didn't come by the prophet's own interpretation. He said it, it didn't have its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus said he would guide you into all the truth and, and, and the scripture he's given to us, he's given through the apostles and the prophets that we would have the truth. 
Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And, and again, uh, th- this idea of, the, of the, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit of God giving to us this word. And, and, and so you and I need to, to hold on to this word. That's why we talk about it. That's why we teach it. That's why we bring it up. That's why I'm always saying, are you in the word of God for yourself? Are you reading the scripture? Do you, do you know what the Bible says? We wander around. We say, I'm just not sure what, what to do. I'm not sure what the truth is. I'm not sure about this and that. Because we're, we don't even open our Bible. We don't even ask God. But I feel so depressed. I feel so confused. I feel so, I feel, I feel, I feel. But, but, but we need to go and find out what the truth is. Isn't that what Jesus said? If, if. You continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, or you are truly my disciples, and you will know what? The truth. And the truth will make you free. Again, we, we quote that half of that, you know, and, and, and the world can even quote that. You know, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free, but the first part says it through, it's through the word. It's through the scriptures, what Jesus taught, what Jesus said which we have again right here in this book, which has been given to us. So, is there any truth in the world? Yes, there is. Do we have the truth? Yes, we do, because we have the truth through what God has given to us by His Spirit. We have it in the Scripture, Does, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. So, we, we already read it. He says that, he's, that the Spirit, He's not going to speak on His own. He will only speak what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit, he's not coming up with some uh, new and weird and wacky thing. He's going to repeat. He's going to build on what Jesus has said, what the Father has said, you see. This is a very important thing because we have people, you know, well, the Holy Spirit told me this and the Holy Spirit said that. But there's no reference of uh, of does it does it actually line up what the word of God says? Does it line up with the reality of our creation and, and, and what we see in the creation? I truly believe that the Holy Spirit does and, and will speak today, but if it if it isn't something that lines up with what we already have, if it doesn't bring glory to Jesus as as Jesus said there that he will bring glory to me. Then we have to step back and say, wait a minute. Is that really the Holy Spirit speaking? Or is that, is that just something that, you know, man has come up with? And, and because that, that it, it happens all the time. You can go on the Internet and find people saying the Holy Spirit told me all kinds of things that are not biblical, that are not true. They're not, they're not truth. There are churches all over this country, as a matter of fact. There are people who profess to be Christians who believe in abortion, who believe in you know, uh, gay marriage, who believe in all different kinds of things and say this is what the, the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach those things. So what are we going to hold on to? What are we going to build our life upon? What are we gonna, where are we going to find the truth? 
by what I think? Well, I think that it should all be okay because if it feels, you know, if it feels right to you, then it should all be okay. It's a very dangerous place. You know, there's a spiritual battle going on. Did you know that? There's a very real spiritual battle going on, and, and it's in our world today. In John chapter 8, we, we already saw that. Uh, Jesus said to these people that were there, he says, you belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, because there is no truth in him. He says, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's the prince of this world, right? There, you know, there, there's this battle that's taking place, and the, the battle is, is around truth. This spiritual battle is around truth, and we, we have Satan, who is a, a, he's a liar. And we have Jesus, who is the truth, and who is bringing us the truth, who's given us the truth. There's a very real spiritual battle. That's why Ephesians chapter 6, you know, we have the armor of God. What's the first piece of armor? The belt of truth. The belt of truth. This battle that we face against principalities, against powers. If we don't know the truth, if we don't have the, the truth buckled around our waist, we're going to get completely demolished and wiped out and decimated in this battle. Another kind of related subject, I mentioned Jesus uh, called Satan the prince of this world. Uh, what about the world? In Romans chapter 1, it says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth. By their wickedness. They suppress the truth. I'm going I'm to put that down. I'm going to put that away. Because this is how I want to live. This is how I feel like I, you know, this is what I want to do. I can do whatever I want to do. And through that, suppress the truth. Push it down. The next time he mentions there in Romans 1, he says that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever, forever praised. We, we see that. I mean, that, this is, this is our, our society. We wonder why things are going so badly because there, there's not a lot of truth out there. We've exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and we worship the things we worship people. We worship concepts. We, we worship wealth. We worship, you know, you know, fame. And we wonder why this is going on. In the, in the book of Daniel, he's really kind of, it's in the prophecies, and he's talking about things that would happen. But he says this, because of rebellion, the host of the saints and the daily sacrifice were, giving over, were given over to it, and it prospered in everything it did, and truth was thrown to the ground. Truth was thrown to the ground. That's a, wow, what a, what a statement that is. There's a battle for truth. But really this idea, you know, that rebellion leads us to 
push the truth, to suppress the truth, to exchange the truth of God for a lie, and, and actually to throw truth to the ground. Now, does that make it not true anymore because of what people do, because of what the world does? Does it, does it uh, invalidate the truth? This is, this is the, the concept of rel- relative thinking, is that because I don't think it's true, it's not true. But because the world suppresses the truth, does that not make it true anymore? Because I don't believe in God, does that mean that God does not exist? You and I, I think as believers, as followers of Jesus, this is something we, we, we need to think about. This is something we need to actively seek. Psalm 25, one of my favorite psalms, we sing this song sometimes. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are my For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. That's a a prayer. That's a desire of our hearts to to have God show us His ways and His paths and, and to guide us in His truth. Not the truth of this world, but His truth. That's the heart of a follower of God. Psalm 51, David, David, Psalm 51, anybody know what Psalm 51 is called? What's, what's the psalm of, of repentance, the psalm of repentance? David, you know, he sinned with Bathsheba, he got all kinds of trouble going on, and, and, and Psalm 51 is the psalm of repentance where he, you know, he comes and, and falls before God and confesses his sin. But in the middle of that, Confession, he says, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. He said, you teach me wisdom in the inmost place. You see, God wants truth in the inner parts, in the very heart of who we are. This is, this is how David got, out, you know, got in trouble because he left the truth and he went and did his own thing. That's how you and I are going to get into trouble when we we don't have the truth living inside of us. We're not focusing on the truth. The truth of who God is, the truth of His Word, the truth of who we are, the truth of what God wants from us. I think it's something Paul talked about in 1 Timothy. He said, this is good and acceptable in the sight of, of God our Savior who Savior who desires all men to be saved and come to what? The knowledge of the truth. And then he goes on and he he makes it very clear, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. This This whole concept of the truth is there are many ways to God. There are many paths. There are many avenues that will get you there. Whatever you think it is, if you think it's, you know, that tree outside, that that's going to take you to heaven and to to have a relationship with God, well, that's okay for you. But is it? Is it misguided? Is it the truth? Is there absolute truth? Is there rock-solid truth that we can build on? Yes, there is, and, and, and Paul says it right here. 
That God wants us to, to come to the knowledge of the truth, and there is one God and one mediator, and it's, it's Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Jesus quoted it. He said he, he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. That's the truth. Spiritual truth. 1 Corinthians 13, what kind, what's that chapter called? Love. The love chapter. But does it have anything to do with truth? He says in the middle of it, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love rejoices with the truth. The contrast, he says, is evil. So the lies, they're evil. The, some of the stuff that we're hearing, it's, it's just plain evil. Why? Because, again, it suppresses the truth. It throws down the truth. It's evil. Isaiah, the prophet, said, This is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he, he founded it. He did, he did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. And he says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. And then he goes on to say this, I, the Lord, Yahweh, speak the truth. I declare what is right. If we want to know the truth, we need to know what God, the Lord, says. We need to know who he is. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into. He says, I'm going to take what Jesus has said. I'm going to take what the Father has said. I'm going to reveal it to you. If we have a heart to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, to us. The Spirit of truth. He says in these verses, He will guide us into all truth. He will speak what He hears from Jesus and the Father. He will tell us what is to come. You know, this book is full of prophecy, isn't it? It's telling us the things that are yet to come. And, and in some ways, we can watch and see these things unfolding before our very eyes because he's revealed the things that are yet to come. There's no book like this with prophecy, by the way. There's no book that, that holds a candle to what this book has given to us, the Scripture. But fourthly, we've already seen this, and in the Holy Spirit, he will always glorify Jesus. He will always lift Jesus up. He will always point to Jesus. He will always, it always comes that, to that place of Jesus Christ for you and for me. One last slide I have for you. There was a man by the name of John or Jan Huss. And he was kind of a pre-reformer. This is back in the 1300s and 1400s. And he said this, Seek the truth. Listen to the truth. Teach the truth. Love the truth. Abide by the truth. And defend the truth unto death. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? But you know what? He didn't just say that. 
This man was burned at the stake because he held on to the truth. Is, could that happen to you and I? Probably not in our lifetime, but God only knows things change very rapidly. Things change this year in a matter of months to something we never could have imagined. You and I, we need to hold on to the truth. We really do. And God has revealed to us the truth, but we need to, we need to like he says, we need to seek it, listen to it, teach it, love it, abide by it, and, and then defend it because it is the truth. And, and the, one other scripture comes to mind where it says that, that the church is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. If you can't find the, the truth in church, go to another church. Amen? Amen? Will you come back next week? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the truth that you've given to us. That we don't have to depend on what we feel or what we think because you've given us the truth. You desire for us to come to a knowledge of the truth and, and to be saved, to be rescued, to have eternal life, to walk in truth, to live in truth, to abide in it. And that truth would set us free. There's so many, th so many things that bind us, that hold us back, that we need to be set free on. And you, you said if we would just abide in your word, Jesus, that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free, Lord. Thank you for that. Father, we, we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. We thank you that He's the spirit of truth. You are the God of truth. Jesus, your son, is the way and the truth and the life. Help us, Lord, in these days, these evil days, to stand up for truth, even when it might cost us. Father, I also pray for any, any that have never allowed the way, the truth, and the life into their hearts and lives. Today, you could do that. Jesus died on the cross to prove his love, to pay the price for your sin, for my sin. The truth is that we're sinners and that we need a Savior the truth is that Jesus died for you. He rose from the dead. He conquered sin and death. The truth is, is that if you receive him and trust him, believe in him, you will have eternal life. You can pray with me right now and say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I need help. I need hope. I've got none. This world is really not given me much. 
It's not doing much for me. That's because it can't. Jesus, I ask you in. I, I ask you into my heart and my life. Save me. Rescue me. Bring the truth into my heart and my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and sing, shall we?